And welcome to episode 213 of this Octobu 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. I'm Will. And I'm Josh. And I'm coming to you from beyond the grave. Or England. Yeah, probably England. But you never know. A lot can happen in a week. Seriously, guys. If something happens to me on my flight, post this anyway. You know I'd find it hilarious. I really hope that's not his last words. (laughs) <laughs> so yes i guess you noticed that there one for a moment there there were five of us and a new voice who could that be he says he did say that uh, take a moment to introduce yourself Will. yeah I, I was hoping he was going to take that as a cue to introduce himself but <laughs> hoping that it was but then i was like do i do it it's the big time here guys <laughs> <laughs> apparently he hasn't listened to this yet. my name is will will slacker i've been on other podcasts from time to time I'm a long-time listener of all these guys. And sorry, sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys say that it's awesome. Do you know how many times you guys have said retarded shit? I've almost wrecked my work truck because of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how many times we've said retarded shit. I definitely know that. Two hundred and thirteen made me wreck because I've laughed. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, that's good, I guess. That's, That's when to... you know you're doing good work. And if you want to <laughs> yeah. do good work, you can listen to us on Geek Life Radio, noon on Saturdays. See, Josh, that's not that tough. You are no Josh. <laughs> <laughs> or if you'd like, you can check us out on our home away from home at the Podcast Collective. Do it, do it, do it. Other fine podcasts, such as No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Dating Baggage, Mint and Box Cast, and The Rad Dad Radio Hour, even. Oh, when the cat's away. Oh, yeah. Right now, over overseas, Josh is sitting there having dinner and going, oh, God, I just got a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> I just got incredibly annoyed for no reason whatsoever. I feel I feel a great disturbance in the snagglepuss. <laughs> Meanwhile, Martha's like, yes. Oh. <laughs> and if you're looking for our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and all sorts of other potty-type places online. And if you want to give us a call, 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. We I have, think it's adorable that you still think Martha likes you after the way you didn't even acknowledge her fandom. I didn't say I think she likes me. I think she likes Stone No, Snyder I mean, that you, you like, you know, she, I don't think she likes anything you do anymore after, after your little performance. I, I hope she still likes me. Nope. I'm telling you. Oh. Yeah. I hate when people don't like me. <laughs> One would think you'd be used to it by now. Oh, that was just... What did you expect? You know me. No, I, I was, I was going to say something even meaner. But oh, my God. I, I was going to say, oh, that's just true. <laughs> but I didn't um, want to do that. See, and you forced it out of me. I hope you're happy. Cutting each other off of the knees with love for over 20 years. <laughs> Feel free to jump into the pool anytime. There, Will. You know, 
I'm just enjoying the banter. Well, I didn't say <laughs> shit, but I'd feel really bad. No. <laughs> That's the first Never thing, man. Feel bad. You, Was that a no to not say or a no to not feel bad? Don't feel yeah, bad. Don't ever feel bad. No. One of the rules of being a guest on this show is you take that Jiminy Cricket and you smash him. <laughs> awesome. Where's the hammer? No, you got to use your ass. Please, Hammer, oh, don't hurt him. My Jiminy Cricket speaks German, but I don't, so I just ignore him. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket is Deutsch. Oh, shit. It's about that time. <laughs> yes. This week in. Music, movies, and TV. <laughs> All right. Oh, I hope Josh listens to this show. Oh, I'm sure he will. Hey, you know what else is going to drive him nuts? We haven't even told anybody what this show's about. What show? This show. There's a show? We, we have a show? We, have, we do. And it's about, this week, it was about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 versus the 2007 version. So there you go. Which True. is why this weekend is December 22nd, 1978. Was that the day the original was released? That was the date the one in the 70s was released. The original one was like 1950-something. Oh, right. We've 56. got four different versions. That's right. Yes. 56 was the original. There you go. So music. The top three songs in the land are number three, You Don't Bring Me Flowers by Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond. Number two, Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees. And number one, La Freak by Chic. I do not appreciate La Freak. It's okay, but I don't think it's as great as a lot of people do. It's not a very great song. No. It's very disco-y. And as someone who really appreciates disco, I mean, I can't hate it, but it's really not that great of a song. It's not their best. No. What about Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees? You know that one, right? Which one? Too Much Heaven. The Bee Gees song, the number two song. That's what I was saying. How's it go? Sing it for me. Too Much Heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody gets too much heaven no more. Like the guy from the Dr. Pepper commercials. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) I love a good Dr. Pepper reference. Uh, I'm a pepper, and he's a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? Moving on. Kenny Jones becomes the Who's new drummer to replace Keith Moon, who died earlier this year from a heroin overdose at age 32 and was promptly absorbed. Now, Kenny Jones was good, but he wasn't any as entertaining as Keith Moon. Well, Keith Moon was also one of the top ten uh, drummers of all time. Agreed. And he did that. At, my favorite Keith Moon moment is always a Smothers Brothers thing. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, uh, Will? What's that? The When the Who was on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour? No, I do not believe I have. Oh, shit. So they used to do a thing where the at the end of the song, they the uh, bass drum would explode. And Keith Moon thought it would be awesome to pack twice as much explosives in the drum than they normally do for being on stage. No, no. He, he came along after the roadies had already done it, and that's why it ended up with twice as much. Oh. He, he didn't think they had done it because he's like he thought they pussied out because they, they were, didn't want to do it on television. So he came in behind them and loaded it up himself. So when he set it off, it was twice as much. Yeah. I've seen the s- snippets of them blowing up the drum, the bass drum. I didn't know they did some live TV. It was even worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Pretty much almost deaf in uh, Pete Townsend. Yeah, Pete Townsend went partly deaf and I think in his right ear because of it. 
and uh, Dickie Smothers and Tommy Smothers. It's hilarious because they're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we just killed Pete Townsend on our show. Here's a little you, know, fun you, fact. Can, you can watch the, the video of it, and he goes down like a like a stack of potatoes when that when that drum blows up. Because he was he was walking right in front of it when it went off. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. On my mother's side, we are related to Pete Townsend. <laughs> Go ahead. How? <laughs> no, we we are. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying I, I want to see the dotted line or the line or who who, who stooped who or whatever. Uh, that I don't know. I asked my mom. I said, are we are we related to Pete Townsend? She said, yes, distantly, but he is a, a family member. So I don't know where down the Pete line. Pete Townsend but. came to your town on tour once. That's what happened, basically. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut your drum hole. Pete Townsend fucked your grandma. Ooh. Mine? Didn't hear well, that probably, probably all our grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> R&B star John Legend was born on December 28th. And a legend was born. Literally. In a world. Of legends. R&B star. Can play piano. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> That's your cue, Will. So, okay. Will, how about movies? Movies. That's oh. how you chose to say it. Oh, that's so boring. <laughs> 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 it didn't matter how you said it. I was gonna fuck with you about it. I know. So. <laughs> Body Snatcher shares a release date with another great '70s classic. This uh, acronym of the week: EWWBL. That is obviously Evil Willy Wonka Blows Llamas. <laughs> it shouldn't be funny, but for some reason it is. Loopa, loopa, doopa dee doo. <laughs> that llama is going to blow his goo. What does llama just taste like? Goo. Sorry. Okay. Goo? That's the that's the puzzle that they had. No, actually, that is I can tell you what that is. That is every which way but loose. Loose. Yeah. Right about a trucker and his monkey. It's an orangutan. Just reading the notes, sir. <laughs> Busted. I know it's an orangutan. This Clint Eastwood orangutan joint had a theme song of the same name, sung by Eddie Rabbit, and not surprisingly, over the country country stars such as Mel Tellis and Charlie Rich, and was the top movie in the land. Also released this week was For- Force 10 from Navarone and Star Crash. Oh. Hey, that's my movie. <laughs> I was in Force 10 from Navarone, Pat. <laughs> Everyone was in Force 10 from Navarone. Uh, we'll you know, have, I'll, have, I'll be walking down the, the aisle at the store with my kids and I'll be like, right turn, Clyde. And I won't like hit them, but just like to tell them. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then I punch Isaiah in the face. <laughs> no, to tell them to turn right or left, I will. They still don't get the joke. Have you ever seen Star Crash, Will? I, if I have, I don't remember it. Don't you would remember this? It it was oh. a ripoff of Star Star uh, Star Wars, and oh, it stars um, David Hasselhoff. You say no more. I will never watch this. Oh, it's amazing. It it's that's one word for it. Yeah, Star Crash. Is this like <laughs> Star Crashed, or is this no. what killed it? No, we're not even sure what the star crash was. That thing, that thing was dead on arrival. There are lightsabers in it. Lightsaber. Right. Singular. That's true. Yeah. There's 
They didn't have a budget for another one. There's also, <laughs> there's also a uh, redneck robot named L, which is the impression that Joel has been doing. Oh my god, you guys know way too much about this movie for it to suck that bad. We we did it was we covered it on an episode. That's and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're mad about you too, Pat. Uh, uh, tell me why I love Joel like I do. No one mad about you, theme song. Yeah, yeah, we knew, we knew. Okay, all right, good. That's fine. I was gonna say I'd hate for that gold to, to go wasted. <laughs> oh no, don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> now, everyone loves a good Paul Reiser reference. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Uh, December 18th sees the birth of Katie Holmes in Toledo, Ohio for famous births of the year. There you go. And TV. Mm, Katie Holmes. Yeah. Mm. What? What? Yeah. She's gorgeous. If you like fetal alcohol syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) And the Natalie Dormer look. Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> she doesn't have a forehead. She's got a five that's head. Kind of, that's, that's one of my fetishes. So <laughs> tab thirty-eight. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer this ship out of the way of that. So uh, TV <laughs> top shows in the land are Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, and Happy Days. But somebody took Mork and Mindy out of there. Oh, it was probably four. I didn't bother looking past three. Yeah, Laver- and three of these shows are all take place in the same universe. Oh, you know what? You didn't take it out of there. You, it's, it's down there at the bottom. Oh, shit. You rewrote it. Okay. All right. So, yeah, La, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy all take place in the same universe, which is kind of weird. It is weird, but it is true. Nanu, nanu. Right. Five uh, three. Uh, December 27th <laughs> was the premiere of Les Miserables on network television, an adaptation starring Richard Jordan, Anthony Perkins, and Ian Holm. Multipass. <laughs> <laughs> so get them multipass. <laughs> it's sad that that's the first thing you think of when you think somebody of, brings up Ian Holm. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's a great film, and it's got Mila Jovovich saying multipass. First thing I think of is uh, Frankenstein. You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> you are an ass. Ian Holm is going to come and kick you in the ass. <laughs> uh, strangely enough, when I think of Ian Holm, the first thing I think of is uh, Ash from Aliens. Or from Alien. Uh, uh, that's a better reference than mine. I could, I could see that, yeah. I really, uh, honestly, I, I think of Bilbo. Yeah. Alright, so a sad day. The last airing of the Scooby-Doo show was on December 26th of this not year. Not sad at all. Shut your pie hole. Refer, refer to the Scooby-Doo show. I hate that show. What? Our, our Scooby-Doo show. Mm. I hate Scooby-Doo, the show. What, the old show? Yeah. Why? Because it's just sloppy bad writing. It's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean you don't have to hold it to a standard. <laughs> it's still Scooby-Doo. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't like it. It's dumb. I don't like dumb shit. Well, he doesn't like you either. Rub, <laughs> rub, Brad. Oh, me or Scooby. <laughs> well, probably both. <laughs> you don't like Pat now either. <laughs> I got. All right, that. moving on. I got nothing. Sports. <laughs> on December seventeenth, Chase Utley is born. He would go on to be an MLB All Star for the Philadelphia Phillies and currently the LA Dodgers. 
and uh, he is one of the most popular players in the in the major leagues among hmm. women because he's like model gorgeous, according to them. If you say so, I've I've read that somewhere. <laughs> Tab twenty three. <laughs> um, the thirtieth hat trick in Islander history is done sometime this week. We don't have a date for it. By Mike Bossy. Who's surprisingly yeah. not Bossy at all. You guys know what a hat trick is? Yes. In hockey. That's when someone throws a squid on the. Yeah, close enough. That's when they have three fights in a row. <laughs> By the same people. <laughs> and lastly, in sports, Manny Pacquiao, one of the most successful professional boxers of all time, was born this week, December 18th. Manny Pacquiao, who will eventually probably be the uh, the leader of the Philippines. <laughs> he's a senator right now, isn't he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's going to be president of the Philippines eventually. I know. I know a lot of Filipino uh, poker players, and no, I, I haven't yet to run into one that doesn't worship Manny Pacquiao. I might hmm. be afraid of him. <laughs> well, it'd, be, it'd be smart to be afraid of him. <laughs> they have like a, a Manny Pacquiao um, like bobblehead thing on their dashboard. I wouldn't be surprised, man. These guys—I mean, like they almost worship him. He's, you know, he's—he's got to be president because the, if, if everybody worships him like they do. Then, then it's going to be a shoe in. It'd be like if Tom Hanks ran for president. Who the hell is going to vote against Tom Hanks? David S. Pumpkins. Billy Crystal. Wilson? <laughs> Billy Crystal will just out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> it should be me. I should have been president. Why does he sound like that? I don't know. I've never <laughs> done Billy Crystal impersonation before. <laughs> Your Billy Crystal is like sounds like Mickey Rooney. <laughs> He should have been president. president. (laughs) (laughs) All right. His vice president is going to be Red Skelton. Oh, it's funny. They're all going to be out out drinking each other every time. Red buttons. (laughs) Red buttons, Red Skelton, and Red Fox. (laughs) (laughs) The Red Party. I think we went too far on that one. We probably won't get elected as the red part. You don't think so? Ah, I, well. I think we better end the tweet. Yeah, take us out, <laughs> keyboard Joel. No, 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 no. Jesus. <laughs> All right, we are back. And uh, we are going to talk about Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978. This is the second version of the book written by Jack Finney. The remake of the original, what did you say, Pat, 1958? 56. 1956. Black and white original. When the book came out? Uh, the book? Yes. Uh, 1955. Yeah, written by Jack Finney. He wrote that and he wrote Time and Time Again. But The Body Snatchers was his. Climb to Fame? Yeah. Magnum Opus. Yes. Yeah, um, but didn't you say Time and Time Again was good also? The movie, anyway? No, that's time after time, and that is actually is a great movie. We got to find a reason to watch that. Is that based on the Cindy Lauper song? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's based on. Loosely based on. Yes. So this is directed by Philip Kaufman. No relation. Oh, uh, just I seriously was going to ask. Yeah, no, no, no. This guy, uh, he directed this and was a writer on everything from every good Raiders of the Lost Ark movie and the right stuff. Uh, you know, he's He's got a ton of writing writing credits. Uh, directing wise, 
Uh, he directed The Right Stuff, The Unbearable Lightness in, of Being, um, The Wanderers, and let's see, what was the other one? Henry and June in 1990. His last directing credit was uh, 2012 for something, a TV movie called Hemingway and Gellhorn, which actually looks pretty good. It's about Ernest Hemingway as a World War II correspondent, or Ernest Hemingway and World War II correspondent Mar- Marta, Martha Gellhorn, starring Nicole Kidman and Clive Owen, which sounds pretty interesting. Um, but anyway, directed by Phil Kaufman, writing credits Jack Finney and W.D. Richter, who wrote the screenplay, who is known for such classics as Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, man. Yeah. I've never heard of it. What? I Will Hurt You. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so... I feel pretty good about this. <laughs> I feel good. I feel like I've taken on the whole world. Uh, also did Brubaker, uh, Robert Redford film, and the movie Stealth. So... But yeah, great. Some got some good uh, caliber of writing and directing in this one too. The hell is stealth? That's one about the stealth bomber. It's a cheesy '80s army action. Like flick. Airwolf. Yeah, kind of like that. It wasn't good. Oh, that, that was the one. Yeah, I remember that fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that might have fallen. Yeah, I remember that. Big Trouble in Little China. To... Wasn't Jamie Foxx in that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All right, so this star like the AI in the in the in the plane went nutty and yeah, okay, I remember. And the the plane was it's up the enemy. Right. Yes. You'll watch that, but not Birdemic. No, I never saw it. I, I I didn't see that movie at all. I just I know about it. No, it's, he tried to come back too fast. Sounds like he has seen it. <laughs> mm. I would tell you if I had. I'm not proud. He's got the Blu-ray. <laughs> they made a Blu-ray <laughs> special edition. <laughs> All it's right. right next to my Airwolf box set. So this this star is A1 sexy Donald Sutherland. Did Donald Sutherland to you look just like he came off the set of Animal House? Yes. The hair <laughs> and freaking sweater at the beginning of that movie? Yeah, he looked he looked just like the professor from uh from Animal, Animal House. House. And apparently they put him in curlers every morning to keep that look. <laughs> well, he's he just looked, naturally froey. That is actually a, a comment from Veronica Cartwright who was in this movie also. Uh, Brooke Adams as Elizabeth Driscoll, Matthew Barnett, Matthew Bennell as Donald Sutherland, Jeff Goldblum when he was 12 yes. as Jack Belichick, and Veronica Cartwright as Nancy Belichick. Um, apparently Jeff Goldblum, apparently Donald Sutherland was just a complete, I don't say a complete dick to Jeff Goldblum, but was riding him on everything. And... Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the actor. He said when he was in The Dirty Dozen, one of the other actors was riding Donald Sutherland. was like, so-and-so in The Dirty Dozen rode my ass about everything I was doing on that on that movie. So I'm oh, doing, Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen? Yeah, I think it was maybe it was Yul Brenner. Somebody on the on that was riding his ass about his acting the whole time he was there. And he's like, I'm doing, I'm doing this for Jeff so that you know he can get better type of thing. And, you know, kind of worked out. That's my fetish. Donald Sutherland writing Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> we are back. One of us had to say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, he'd have a saddle on. You were so Bear concerned back. about whether or not you. You're so concerned about whether or not you should. You didn't consider whether or not you should. Wait, I screwed that up. Fool me twice. We'll get fooled again. All right, Veronica Cartwright. In this, um, shortly before. Before Alien. Yeah. 
uh, that yeah, she would she come was on. Very very young. Yeah, uh, very young. Her actually her first uh, movie was in The Birds back in 1963. Wow, she hmm. was just a little kid, and uh, later on you'll see her in the new one too. Um, Leonard Nimoy as Dr. David Kibner. Uh, trying the worst to, psychiatrist in the history of psychiatry. I know, right? Uh, trying to, in this, according to, I watched the uh, sh- the movie with the director's commentary. They brought Leonard Nimoy on this movie to break him out of the Spock stereotype that he was in of having no emotion and only being logical and all that. So he played a cold, calculating psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> that worked well. Yeah. It's more of a lateral, lateral move. <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, there was one point when he was like... Uh, he was trying to give her advice, and basically it was um, either you subconsciously want to leave him so you're making all this stuff up, or the other option is you're not making this stuff up, and he's a changed person. He's some kind of pod person thing. So either option is let's not go home would be the right answer, but he insists, like, no, I'm going to drug you up and send you home. Yeah, yeah. I'm either sending you into an <laughs> in, into a death den or a place where you don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Either so, or. But you'll be doped up, so it's okay. It was the yeah. 70s. She was doing drugs. It was cool. You won't feel the same. And it was the 60s where women didn't really have, you know, actual opinions. You just, you know, talked over them and told them what was best for them. So, Art Hindle, playing Dr. Jeffrey Howell, DDS, um, tried to see, you know, thinking about this guy, what else has he done? He has done two to three movies TV movies, TV series for easily the last three decades. <laughs> he's got, he's another one of those actors that you never really know, recognize that he's been in something. But later on, he was in, <laughs> he was in Porky's and Porky's 2 the next day for the 80s, along with MacGyver episodes, L.A. Law, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, um, God. North of 60, Beverly Hills, 90210, he was in that. And all the way up into currently, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different uh, items in 2017 and one thing set up, set up for 2018. Hey, he's working. Yeah. I, don't, I can't. I, and that's that's that always makes me happy when you have this like character who you never actually it's not like a, a David Carradine or a Donald Sutherland being like, oh, my God, I saw him in this and saw him in that. But he's been working steadily for the last 30-plus years. Well, that's cool. He's a Dick Miller. I wish I had said something instead of him because I had a joke to tell. But <laughs> Did I kill it? No, I just I, I elected not to say mine, and you said yours instead, and, and the world is worse off for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to talk about Dick Miller when I can. Rest in peace. Well, all right. Uh, Layla Goldandi, Goldani as Catherine Henley. Kevin McCarthy as the Running Man. Kevin McCarthy, the great. Uh, yeah. Late Kevin McCarthy. I, I, I don't know why. I have an un- unfortunate love for this guy. All the way from I watched Inner Space. Because he couple... was in UHF. No, no, no. I mean, it's not so. just UHF. He was in Inner Space. He played the bad guy in Inner Space. But all you need is UHF. I, well, I know, but I mean, there's so much more. I mean, he's got so he played. Yeah, graf- he's got such a great, uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess career, but that's the portfolio. Word. I don't know. Dossier. Teeth. <laughs> smile. <laughs> smile. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I couldn't come up with smile. 
But no, Kevin McCarthy, I I think he's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to the trivia on this. And Don Siegel is the taxi driver. No reason to bring that up because Don Siegel directed the original. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> so. So it's a cameo. There are a ton of cameos in this. Uh, all the way from the sound guy uh, to the director's brother-in-law to... To the black guy with the faded top dancing in the background. I was just going to say that. I wish cameo wasn't it with this Codby. <laughs> <laughs> so, some trivia. Donald Sutherland... <laughs> I'm just going to glaze over I love that. it when the things are so stupid you won't even acknowledge them. Yeah, just, I, I, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, it's funny. So Donald Sutherland insisted on performing his own stunts in the film's climax. Uh, his scenes at the pod factory <laughs> were filmed without harnesses or nets. And in the shot, uh, do you remember at the end, the shot of the fireball coming out of the garage door? So you remember that? Yes? Yeah. Okay. So Donald Sutherland barely missed it. But in the uh, commentary, the director's like, yeah, see that guy that got hit by the fireball? Um, he's an extra that was trying to get more screen time, so he followed Donald Sutherland too close to try and get more time on, on in the movie. And the result of it was him getting severely burned over his face and hands. Well, um, it would have been smart if there weren't fire involved. He would have got more screen time. But, but did he get as much screen time as Donald Sutherland's hair? No, not at all. <laughs> a hair deserved an Oscar by itself. I think it, I think it won a um, a Saturn Award. Should <laughs> it was nominated. So yeah, Robert Duvall, who had previously worked with director Philip Kaufman on the Great Northfield Minnesota Raid in 1972, happened to be in San Francisco at the time of filming, and shot his only scene for free. So which scene was Robert Duvall in? I That's remember. A good question. I don't know. I remember seeing a guy and thinking it looked like Robert Duvall, but I was like, that can't be him. He's not in. I seriously movie. don't remember that at all. I don't either. Nope. He was the priest on the swing in the very beginning of the movie. Oh, the creepy priest. Yeah, yes. I was like, there's no way that this guy is up to any good. <laughs> that, that part made me roll. I was just sitting, I looked up from something. I was like, is there a priest on a swing with a kid? Yep. And according to the director, according to Kaufman, he, uh, that is the first pod person. The priest? The priest is the first pod person. Huh. Yeah. Who was the second? The kid? Probably. That's disgusting. <laughs> Every kid in that playground was the next one. And the third one was the dog. Um, oh my god, that part uh, with the fucking dog, man. That we'll, we'll get to the dog. Hang on. Uh, oh. According to um, Philip Kaufman, Robert Duvall refused to be paid for the for the scene, and uh, they paid him off. Like they gave him a Eddie Bauer jacket to keep him warm because it was really cold. And they're like, hey, why don't you just keep the jacket and the kid? <laughs> And the guy whose jacket it was, he's like, hey! Hey, I'm cold, man. I don't know why I turned into the kid from Simpsons. Can't argue with that, sir. Welcome to Boomerama. <laughs> Enjoy Boomerama. Um, and while rehe- uh, rehearsing Kevin McCarthy's cameo, a naked homeless man recognized him and told him that he thought the first invasion of the body snatchers was better. So, uh, according... Before this movie was even out. Right. The um well it was an they literally in the commentary they're said they're shooting this they're shooting the scene and on the corner there is a dude laying on the curb completely naked just sleeping and he wakes up looks at Kevin McCarthy and said you're from the first one uh 
that one was better, and then fell back asleep. So, wow. And then the night after the movie's release, someone put pods like the ones in the movie all over the streets of Los Angeles, and people got freaked out. They called the cops. No one has ever heard of War of the Worlds in marketing. It was a different time, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, so, yeah. if there were pods on the street, people would probably not even notice. I passed two pods on the way to the train this morning. <laughs> Somebody pick them up and put them on Craigslist. Yeah. Right? I bet I could sell these. Gotta be worth something. Sell them on Etsy. <laughs> if I could return them to Lowe's. Put a it's bird a child. So, uh, so, yeah, so... All of us have now seen this movie. Was this a first viewing for any of us? Yes. Really? Wow. I'm fascinated by that. Well, did you say yes yeah. also, Will? I've seen it, but it was many years ago. I was probably a teenager when I first saw it. Oh, wow. That was a long yeah. time ago. All of these movies, all four of them, have been on my... I need to see them at some point, but haven't. So I was kind of looking forward to the fact that I had a reason to watch them. I find that insane that you have not seen. Right. I mean, th- I mean, it's like when you think about horror movies, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is like in is like the, one of the top ten horror movies. I mean, this. I don't even know, dude. My my image of you is is shattered. Of course, you've never seen Goodfellas. I've seen that. What do you mean? I'm just saying, you know, everybody's got their. I've never seen The Sandlot. Neither have I. You're you've killing me, Smalls. I even say that, and I've still never seen the movie. <laughs> I know that's can't, a thing. I don't know what it means, but it's a thing. Right? You can't say it if you haven't seen it. Want to bet? <laughs> Forever. Anyway, so, yes. No, I've never seen it, and I've, um, I, I'm not entirely sure why I've put it off this long. It wasn't intentional. It just never happened. Huh. Yeah, I find that very odd. So what did you? So tell me what you thought. I was impressed. I. Uh, had um no preconceived notions i was um looking forward to seeing the original too but didn't have time and uh it felt very much like uh the zombie movies that i like from the same period Mm -hmm. in the overall kind of tone of the film and even down to them you know being chased and and everything but it's very claustrophobic it's very 70s in a good way including the pacing it's actually good 70s pacing yeah and I, I think the 70s pacing helped this film. Yeah, I actually felt at the end, I was like, why did I put this off this long? I, I literally said that to myself. There's so. been more than one movie on, on that we've done on this show. Uh, currently, this is sitting at a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Um, it has been some of the commentary that I, I read up on this is that this is what a remake should be. You know, for the and for the time, this was a completely new. Uh, one one of the things that was interesting about this is that this is one of the first movies that they started using Dolby stereo recording in. So hmm. there was scenes where I mean, it was a totally new thing for the people on the list watching this is having like one of the things that they were excited about in the uh, commentary was like the motorcycle scene when the motorcycles drive by. The fact that the motorcycles went from your left to your right ear in that they just thought that blew their minds. Um, there was a lot of other <clears throat> situations in this. They, they played out a, they played out everything in this movie to make the world seem less and less organic as it goes on. 
I know I know they're pod people, but one of the things that they talked about was as the as the movie continues from the very beginning to the end, there is less they reduce the amount of natural noise all the way to the end. So until yeah. there's you hear birds chirping in the beginning, you hear dogs barking, you hear animals, you hear the wind, you hear trees rustling and all that. I could see that. Yeah, by the end of it, 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 it's very, it's a very quiet movie. I noticed that actually. Yeah, and they and they they shot the images, like in the very beginning when um, oh, I forgot the character's name already. When Elizabeth is in the apartment with Jeffrey, they do that whole scene with her, st- with her and him in their like in the bedroom, but it's all shot through the reflection off the doors. It's a very, really? very narrow, very um claustrophobic shots you know they used a lot of darkness i mean all the way down to when um uh, donald sutherland is sitting in the car outside of their house and he the shadow from the rearview mirror is cast right across his eyes you know they they did a lot to make you feel like you're enclosed and to kind of dehumanize the people that are in the movie such as when they're in the party when the book release party and they have those crazy ass mirrors behind everybody. It's kind of to show the alternate, you know, there's the the good and the bad, you know, how they are, how they're going to be changed later on. I don't know. I, after after this one, I think uh, from this point on, I'm listening every movie that I watch from now on is going to have the commentary on it because there's so much cool stuff. <laughs> there's some pretty good ones out there, and if if you already like the movie to begin with, it's kind of a fun way to watch it. It is. But I if will, you've never seen the movie before, you need to watch it first before watching the commentary. I will say the Big Trouble in Little China commentary is fantastic because they're both drunk off their ass. <laughs> so, so give me a little commentary. What did you guys think? I actually loved it. I went in. I mean, at first, the first 15 or 20 minutes of it, I was like, wow, this is really 70s. But then I got to the point where I totally just got into the movie. I forgot it was what time it was and what time I was sitting there watching it. And I just, it was a really good suspenseful sci-fi horror movie with really very few plot holes or just contrived like, Oh, we're going to run in this different area just to get trapped by what, you know I mean? It would, there was a lot of smart decisions made during the whole thing. Yes. That's a, exactly the word I was going to use. It was a very smart movie um, right down to the, the last scene, which it's kind of iconic and I remember seeing uh, stills of Donald Sutherland with that face and never understanding what it was about. And so it kind of spoiled it a little bit, but it didn't lose any impact, even though I knew that's what was going to happen. If I had any prior knowledge and memory of that scene, I totally forgot it until like the last split second. I was like, holy shit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Want to hear something awesome? Yes. So the final scene of the movie the only people that knew what was going to happen was the scriptwriter, the director, and Donald Sutherland. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Even even the investors, um, even the producers, they were like, we, well, what happens at the end? They're like, we're not going to tell you. You'll find out. <laughs> and so that's two horror movies with Veronica Cartwright. She had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. In Alien, she, they never told her about the, uh, the uh, chestburster either. Yeah. which oh, had, had to there. suck. <laughs> um, that big, I forgot the name of the building, the gigantic pointy building at the, uh, in LA. The Prudential building? No. 
The big looks yeah. like. A big, uh, was this in L.A. or San Francisco? In L.A. Okay. It is. Pokey McBilbin. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, <clears throat> either way, that gigantic tower, the Century Plaza Tower in L.A., Wilshire Grand, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know either. But that gigantic tower, okay, so here's the deal. They There's actually an in-joke from that, in, from that building being in so many shots. They called that Pod Central. Because because that company that owned that building was actually financing the movie. So they put it in the background all the time to be like the pod people are watching us all the time. <laughs> so that was kind of like their in-joke through the whole movie. <laughs> so, Yeah, I, I saw this movie years ago when I was a kid um, on VHS, or it might have been beta. I don't know. It was long ago. Um, my parents brought it home, and we all watched it. That uh, was the first time I ever saw it. Seen it a couple times here and there on cable and watched it. So I've, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen it, and it's still just as good. And that's the thing. It's like so many times we'll watch a movie that's set in the I'm not set in the seventies, but is made in the seventies. And we're like you said earlier, you know, oh seventies pacing where there's there's this long drawn out moments between actual things happening in the movies. When, when they do weird things, like uh, for some reason focus on the telephone wire going into the box. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe that's going to play some kind of part later in the movie. Nope. Yeah, nothing at all. But seventies in this in this <laughs> one, I think it it kind of it kind of worked with this because those you had those scenes. If this movie action. needed the slow burn, right? That's exactly it because it gave you as you as you watch the movie more and more you were noticing that people were not acting normal. So you had these. Well, did, we, did you guys notice? Yeah, like in the if you paid attention to the background, you would just see people like just doing weird things, like staring, or like just uh, just not even like like. There's a couple shots where you could just see somebody's doing something in the background that you can clearly see they're not really doing anything; they're just moving their hands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. If you pay, this is one of the like you said, it's a smart movie. If you pay attention to the things, you could see the signs of of things going awry before even the main characters start noticing. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's I think is fantastic. If you watch it, I mean, this is like the third or fourth time that I've seen it. I mean, there's one scene where they're walking the hallways and they walk past one door and there's just somebody standing in the door. It's one of those like you know, um, kind of opaque glassy doors mm-hmm. it's not completely see-through and you can just see someone is just standing there with their face like pressed up against the glass yeah no and it's and that's the thing is like if you're not paying attention if you spend the whole time focusing on the main characters you miss everything in the background um that is until the uh human face dog shows up oh god that scene yeah <laughs> I, I would have to say that that is when everybody in that area would know that I was a human because I would freak my shit out. If... Yeah, I don't think I would scream, but I would definitely get out of what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know why that happened? Because they smashed the one pod. So they just were like, OK, I guess we'll just combine these two living creatures. Yeah. The um, the uh, the hobo playing the banjo. Yep. And yep. his dog and his dog. Ready for this one? Who played the banjo? Robert Duvall. Wrong. Steve Martin. Wrong. The Naked Hobo. Jerry Garcia. That was Jerry Garcia? That well, I mean, it wasn't actually Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia did the sound over for the oh. guy playing the banjo. So all the banjo music this, in this was actually played by Jerry Garcia. Interesting. Huh. Neat. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I just dog freaked me the fuck out. 
So the, the, I remember the, the first time I saw this, the scene that, that creeped me out the most was uh, was when he smashed up the face of the, the one clone that was starting to grow when he woke up in the, you know. Oh, yeah. There was and, a- I, I was, I, and, and I still every time I watch it, I'm like, man, that is excessively bloody for a 70s movie for PG. Yeah. And that was that was actually one of the scenes that I think even uh, in reading the background on it, Stephen King even said it was like, whoa, that was yeah. fucked up. <laughs> so, well, and it's it, some going back to something you guys were talking about earlier, um, being a fan of, of zombie films, you know, you see the the change start to happen but it's very obvious that you know people have turned or that you know the the hordes are growing and that was one of the things i really did appreciate about appreciate about this even from the beginning that opening sequence is as i was watching it i could feel with all the little tricks and things they were doing um what was coming and then seeing all those people you get that very real sense that this is not going to end well and mm-hmm. you i i got very wrapped up into it pretty quickly and um i like science fiction and, and i like horror so it was a nice blend of both but very very well done i was super impressed yeah um the opening scenes where they had the uh that gel kind of floating off yeah that was really cool <laughs> you you seriously pick up the commentary because kaufman is like yeah uh, we were trying to figure out this effect, so we went to the store and we got this uh, like painting gel. It cost like five bucks for a can, and we just kind of threw it in some water and filmed it backwards. You know, he's <laughs> through the whole thing, like the the gel on the the um, plants. Later on, he's like, "Yeah, that's more of that gel." <laughs> and we, we had some left over. Yeah, we had a real low budget on this one, so that one I think Jeff Goldblum that was his fault. Yeah. You um, dropped a load. What was I going to say? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did Snagopus just appear? <laughs> I had no idea that they were that those characters were husband and wife until he mentioned something about my wife. Yeah, they don't like, play they off on it too much. Too. Yeah, it would have been like a good 15 minutes since she'd been introduced and suddenly, oh, they're married. <laughs> huh. huh. That's why he's so involved. Well, you know, and, and what, what is the deal with mud baths? Do they clean the mud out after every person? Like, you get new mud. Is it the same mud? No, after every person, there's more mud. Right, sharing mud or your own my, mud. I make my own mud. <laughs> my name is Mud. Um, nobody's gonna answer that. No, no. <laughs> All right, cool. One of the one of the uh, other things about this that was speaking of his wife is that last shot. You know, they always say if you want to write a good song, end it on a minor chord so that, you know, in, in, internally your brain wants to finish it on a on a major chord. So you want to go back and re-listen to it. Well, same thing here with the way it ends. You want to know what happens, but at the same time, you don't. And it's it's like you want to go back and see it again because maybe this time you'll know what happens at the end because it, it leaves it on such a cliffhanger. Right. So they, they just. They don't like doing that anymore, which sucks. I know. I and that's why that's why I think movies like um, Inception are so great because it's not so much what what happens during the movie, but if you're watching a movie and at the while you're walking out of the theater, you're like, all right, was it a dream? Was it not a dream? At the end of this one, did she get away? Did she just freak out? Did he catch her? You know that everyone. You have more to talk about. You have more to discuss. Um, budget for this movie: three point five million dollars. I always just assumed she got 
absorbed. I I assume that too. It was really up for debate because she's her her. I hate to say this, but she's her characters that she plays seem to seem to be the kind that fold immediately. I mean, look at Alien. Lambert. Yeah. But at the same time, think about how long she made it on her own um, up to that point, though. So she has some sort of. She wouldn't have made it if she'd been on her own own. Yeah. Likely. Get the hell out of L.A., man. I mean, she was practically, you know, in the face of that thing that was trying to duplicate Jeff Goldblum. Right. So her instincts were were to uh, get as close as she could to it. (laughs) Yeah. That was weird, man. When the thing started, when its nose started bleeding, and then when right. the vines jumped out at Jeff Goldblum, they did a lot of the effects were filmed backwards. So the the pod, the flowers coming out of the pods, they're like it was just easier for them to pull a string and have the flower go back in, and then just play the film backwards. Yeah, so. that's how I figured they did it. Yeah, that's an old <clears throat> trick too. It worked. Yeah. Oh no, it totally worked. Um, a budget of three point five million dollars. Opening weekend grossed 1.2, just shy of 1.3 million dollars. USA gross 24 million. And right, right, and rentals 11 million from back when we rented movies. <laughs> no wonder they remade it two more times. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, I think this for a 70s movie for, I mean, because you go into this and you're like, oh, 70s movie, 70s pacing, this sort of thing. This is like the it's greater than the sum of its parts. You know what I mean? You've got the seventies pacing, you've got the seventies kind of like kind of I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but the corner you like, yeah, you can totally tell this is this is a 70s movie, but it's put together so well that you get drawn into it. You really you really are I, I hate I mean lack of a better term, edge of your seat for this whole movie. I agree with that. Well, and it also puts some credit back on Jack Finney, who wrote the original book, that he wrote something that was kind of airtight, that it's resonated with people and it continues to resonate with people as they've made a new version of it every 20 years since the book came out. Mm-hmm. You know, it struck a chord somehow. And I think we all have that fear of <laughs> uh, Robert Duvall on a swing. <laughs> who doesn't? I do. <laughs> it's just like, hey. I got an idea. Why don't I dress up as a priest? I don't know where you're going with this, Robert. That's not my fetish. That was an awful Robert Duvall impression. It will be. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going on about right now. So you want to wrap this one up and we'll get uh, clear our minds and then talk about the 2007. 2007, 2007, 2007, The Invasion. Yes, please. Sounds good. All right. Cool. We will be back in a little bit. Don't fall asleep. Too late. All right, we are back. We are talking about the invasion of 2007. There was an invasion in 2007? Yes, and you didn't even notice. Where were you? 
it, it invaded all over Daniel Craig's forehead and 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 scalp. Oh my God, hey, that, I... that wig invaded us. What? Daniel Craig was wearing a wig the whole movie. He was. Yeah, the guy in the wig was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> you know, can I just point out that um, I hear a lot of griping about uh, remakes, and yet some of the movies that are people's favorites of all times that gripe about remakes are remakes. And it just proves that they've been doing this forever. So I don't know why people have to keep bitching about it. I just had to put my two cents in because it, it's a, being the show, being the show that we are and the way we, it works, you know, it does come up quite often, the whole remakes, you know, in Hollywood and Hollywood never has an original idea anymore, blah, blah, blah. But we've talked about this before. And it's like, I mean, they've been doing this since, literally the dawn of time like like the only original stories out there are like homer and the odyssey and even that was probably ripped off by from his uncle <laughs> uh, from his uncle yeah. i mean you know there's just i mean there's still original ideas in hollywood but remakes and redos and 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 re you know restarts reformats all that kind of shit that stuff has been going on in hollywood forever because Good stories are just good stories, and they you know they need to be told in different ways. And just that's, because the story is told once doesn't mean it's done being told. That's my point, and it's just funny because there's a guy that I I love online, one of my favorite posters of of horror movie stuff, always bitches about remakes, and yet his favorite film of all time is John Carpenter's The Thing. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I'm not. I want to meet this guy, and I want to tell him what an asshat he is. <laughs> and I, I just have to point it out because here's a film that's been redone four times. And uh, so, you know, it's it's a repeat offender. But anyway, 2007's The Invasion. The Sorry, Invasion, yes. <clears throat> forehead. So this is directed by Oliver Hershbagel. Hershbagel? Hershbagel. Hershbagel. Bagel. Bagel. Hershbagel. Hershbagel, who is known for Liam Neeson's Five Minutes of Heaven. Right. I... I, that may be porn. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the experiment and their untergang. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, also, James McTeague. McTeague is a is a uh, uh, pretty well known action director, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. He uh, directed The Raven and a movie called Ninja, Ninja Assassin, which is. If you haven't seen it, it is take a, take your brain out of your head and watch it because it's just stupid fun. Uh, he also directed V for Vendetta and was part of uh, the Matrix team. <laughs> yeah. Writing credits, of course, Jack Finney for the book and David Kajunovich. <laughs> <laughs> David Kajagugu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he who... was going to come to the premiere, but he was too shy. Right. Oh God, that was terrible! <laughs> Holy shit! While that was a terrible ju- joke, I whoa, Excuse me, while I have more room. I was gonna make the joke earlier about Mike speaking German, but he went ahead and just. I okay. I was gonna give you credit for a Kaja Gugu joke, but. Not, not if I'm going to turn you into some kind of fascist. <laughs> All right. So this stars someone named Nicole Kidman as Carol Bennell. 
Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Daniel Craig, who got the call that he's going to be James Bond halfway through this movie, is Ben Driscoll. Never and, heard of him. Yeah. And halfway through, he was like, I'll be right back. Yeah. And he went to the press release and then came back. Uh, Jeremy Northam as Tucker Kaufman. Jackson Bond as Oliver. And you know what? The kid was pretty good. Yeah. Come on, that small, kid please. was fucking adorable. Yeah, he was. He, he was pl- so cute, it made me mad. I know. I know how you are with cute things. Yeah, I just want to smash them. Fucking kitten stomper. <laughs> like Robert Duvall. Right. <laughs> and Jeffrey Wright as, I've seen that guy in something before. Westworld. Uh, Westworld. Um, the, uh, yeah. Hey, it's that guy. Hunger, guy, Hunger Games. Mocking, yeah, he was in both of the Hunger Games, and that was that was a whole movie for me sitting there watching it with Suzanne the whole time. She's like, "I know that guy. He's been something else." I'm like, "Yes, he is. He's an actor." <laughs> he's been he, in many things. He's been in actually Casino Royale. He oh, that's right, yeah. Felix Lettler and uh, the Good Dinosaur, where he played Papa. Not the bad big, dinosaur. Not Big Papa, just Papa. I love it when they call me Big Papa. Throw your tails up in the air. And just tossing her in here, Veronica Cartwright as a cameo as Wendy Link. Yep. That caught me off guard. I did not look up who was in this movie first. She walked on camera. I was like, is it? You got to be kidding me. You know, and she's she was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was just like, what the hell? Good for her, though. If If you can ride out, if you're if you are still. In the movie that you appeared in in 1978, back in 2007, good on you. Can we just mention Celia Weston real quick? She no. played the uh, the wife of the diplomat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so used to seeing her with that thick southern drawl that it was so weird hearing her do a, like a, a Wait, what is she in? Whatever. Uh, like, what has she done? She was in the village. Well, if you're used to her or something, then what is she in? Talented Mr. Ripley, Dead Man Walking. She was in Angley's The Hulk. Um, but she always she was on Alice, and she's always got that real thick southern drawl. She was that was Flo from Alice. No, she was Jolene. <laughs> Jolene Honeycutt. No. Uh, apparently, no. you were a bigger fan of Alice than we were. Yeah, I, I I can name like like two characters. One of them Flo, one, the other one Alice. <laughs> <laughs> a Dolly Parton joke when he started saying Jolene. <laughs> D-I-V-O-R Oh, never mind. I like that song. Jolene is a great fucking song, man. It is a great song. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I like Dolly Parton. I'm still a fan of her. Yes, Dolly Parton is amazing. Yeah. You can't, She's if you a don't, great, great person. Really cool. Like, really funny. Smart. Do you know that Sad when they shot um, 9 to 5, Dolly Parton memorized everybody's lines? Because she was so concerned that somebody might forget a line that she memorized all of them just in case they needed help. It was her first ever movie, so yeah, she was. Which is a decent movie. It is. Yeah, funny. And she's freaking adorable, too. Yep. Now, One of my favorite quotes of hers is it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, back to the movie we were talking about. Uh, so, some trivia. While filming at the Chilean Embassy in Washington, D.C., Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig were to drive a white SUV to the entrance, stop the car, allow valets to park it. Kidman drove the car up, stopped it, didn't put the SUV in park, and then got out. 
<laughs> Daniel the Craig. The whip. Exactly. Daniel Craig went to full James Bond mode, jumped across the passenger side, and uh, hit the parking brake. That's so, totally a James Bond thing to do. Well, I mean, it probably just was like pull the lever. And he did all that with that hair. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, originally wrapped in early 2006, the film underwent massive, massive reshooting in 2007. The reason was that the studio didn't like the cut that director Oliver Hershberger delivered, and they brought in the Wachowskis to rewrite it. I'm not sure what parts they rewrote, because they're not in the credits. Huh. And then then that's when James McTeague stepped in, too. mm -hmm. That's interesting. James McTeague jumped in there. Make you feel crappy as Oliver Hershenbrigel, but I don't. I well, I don't know. We'll get we'll get to what we thought about it in a little bit. But uh, Nicole Kidman was also involved in an accident while riding with the others in a car mounted on a trailer, being towed by a camera rig uh, while filming a stunt in downtown L.A. The truck took a turn too wide, slid on wet pavement, and collided with a light standard. Uh, several stunt people on the picture car were injured, and Miss Kidman was brought to the hospital as a precaution, but was return, able to return to the set the next day. She had uh, broken ribs. Really? Yep. But they only took Miss Kidman to the hospital. The other people, they just stayed around and ate craft services. <laughs> no, they <laughs> shot them. You'll be fine. They yeah. shot them in the head to put them out of their misery. Rub some <laughs> dirt on it. Well, this extra's done. They're interns. We can get more. They still <laughs> shoot stunt people, don't they? Yes. Out of cannons. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. That was good. Nice. So, out of out of the four of us, how many of us was this a first watching? Me. Well, I realized thirty seconds into watching it that I had seen it before. I thought it was my first watching. But... Yep. Yeah, I... Nicole Kidman. I've seen it at least once before. I first time for me. Well, I know Will was a fan of that uh, pajama scene. Good lord. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this woman should not be walking around her five-year-old child or eight-year-old child with this outfit on. Five-year-old child was in the other room. She was wearing it when she was in there with him. Going to raise a kid with a lot of issues. Just put it that way. Issues. Oedipus. That's the word you're looking for. (laughs) So, Oliver, we're going to call you Oedipus from now on. (laughs) I love you, mother. First time I've seen this for this one, so. You said that. I did? Yeah. Well, it's still true. He doesn't want to talk about the pajamas anymore. Aw. Talk about Joel. I want to talk about uh, uh, Malin Ackerman's pajamas. Wow. <laughs> Malin Ackerman? She I, was the, the wife of uh, Jeremy Northam. In the beginning? She was waiting for him when he got home late. and. Oh, that was Malin Ackerman? I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was much more impressed with her outfit than Nicole Kidman's. No offense. I can't even remember the other one, so I'm sticking with Nicole. Oh, she's so cute, though. She she was the, the character that I immediately hated because I'm like, like, the man you're seeing is with the CDC. They're having an actual emergency. Like, nine days out of ten, he has nothing to do. And then the one moment they actually have an emergency and he has to handle something, you're like, ah, where are you? Shut <laughs> up, lady. <laughs> What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about how mad I got at a tertiary character in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Okay, that, that seems completely legit for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
this character that has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. I'm mad at that person and going to remain mad at that person for the entire movie. And I will remember my hatred for them even after the movie is over. And I watched it a third time, realizing I've already seen it twice. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hell of a drug. So what do you think about the... um, the whole, hey, I had, it wasn't hepatitis. What did they have? Smallpox. Smallpox. Chickenpox. Chicken. Chickenpox pie. Uh, chickenpox, <laughs> chickenpox, chickenpox pie. I, I don't know. You mean, I, I'm confused. What, what, the disease they had before? RDME or, yeah, ADME or whatever. Rundemersion. Hershen bagel. Yes. <laughs> They had a bad case yeah, of Hershey bagels. We're gonna do it. Give us a second. We have gone so what off the rails on this movie right now. Okay. God, I thought that was okay. What did you what did you think about this is actually the first time I've watched this movie and it had a happy ending? That's yeah. gone, that threw me for a loop. I was like, okay, where's the bad part? Where's somebody going to Donald Sutherland do the point? Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's a happy ending. What the hell? Well, you know, the mid-2000s, they loved their happy endings. See, that was a, like one of the biggest problems I had with it because I was fairly on board with it uh, other than the point that they didn't do that sound when they would like spot somebody who wasn't a, uh, a pod person yet. No, they just started spewing spit everywhere. Right. <laughs> How disturbing was that scene when they're spitting in the coffee at the at the conference? Oh. I was sitting there eating dinner too. <laughs> they just lean over. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's awful. People jizzing in the coffee. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, I mean, I, I, doing what wrong? I've been doing this for twenty years. I, I kept waiting for. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I just, I just have it in my head. <laughs> Like one guy is like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's not what we're doing. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't want to be out of place, man. But I mean, the whole time you kept expecting for the end, I kept expecting for one of the characters to turn around at the end and be like, you know, the like you said, the Donald Sutherland point. And dun, dun, dun. right. Didn't happen. And they swoop in and then all of a sudden they cut to. We've contaminated the virus, or we've contained the virus. Not contaminated it, Jesus. Um, things are returning back to normal, and da, 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 Jeffrey Wright saves the day. And I got to say, get to the chopper during this movie, so that was fun. It felt like a cop-out. It felt like it, the movie was kind of heavy-handed in uh, some of its messages, but that just felt like a cheat at the end. It just felt, it didn't feel right. Well, basically, what they were trying to say was they were almost trying to make the aliens sympathetic there towards the end. And, like, the lesson, basically, is, like, if Oliver, if Oliver had been a shittier kid, we would probably have world peace. But Oliver was such an awesome kid that she's like, I'm not going to sacrifice him. Well, and throughout the whole movie, I kept hearing the, the Wayans brothers, as I made the joke just a moment ago, I kept hearing them pop out of the corner going, message, like, from... You know, don't be a menace to sound central while drinking your juice in the hood. Because they just kept having those little moments throughout the entire film. And it's not that I didn't like it, but it, it, yeah, it was a little heavy handed. I mean, if this kid had been Edward Furlong, you know, we had, we'd all be aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just a fucking specific. <laughs> all right, so remember, okay, 
the Rotten Tomatoes rating of the 1978 version was like 94%. Right. This one, 19. Wow. I do not think it is deserving of that bad of a rating. I don't think it's by by far great, but I definitely I enjoyed it. You know, it was I think it was mostly faithful adaptation. I mean, they made it a little they they updated it a little bit more, you know. And it's, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, really. And see, here's the thing though that that I think counts against it is that the original 50s version was fantastic. The 78 version was really, really good. I mean, that was a great movie. Unfortunately, this is going to be compared to that. Well, here's the interesting thing. The the 56 version got 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 78 got 94. Even the 1994 version with Gabrielle Amour got 71%. And all of them had the bad ending. This is the first time I've seen a happy ending. Oh, did we go? Did we go over the trivia yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Car, that was all the car crashes. That's really all there was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I I didn't find this um to be bad. It just um, I mean, I I really I I'd say I actually enjoyed it. I I thought it was good, but the thing is, is that. It's good as long as you don't know that the 78 version one exists. I think that's the problem, is that people will watch this one and be, oh, you know, Daniel Craig is no Donald Sutherland. Well, of course he's not. Donald Sutherland was in his prime in the late 70s, and movie making was completely different back then. True. 2007, if people Daniel want... Craig had had a fro wig instead of the yes. straight hair wig. That is exactly or... it. If they had put curlers in Daniel Craig's hair, this would have gotten another 20 points. Or a Frodo wig. Let's see that now. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Craig with a fro. Yes. <laughs> and a stash. Oh, Dang. God, yeah, it has to have the stash. I mean, it, it definitely was not a bad movie. I, I don't think 17% or whatever is is fair. Um, even with the ending, it, it, I was intrigued throughout the entire thing. And I found that they used a lot of the same methods. And like I said earlier, it was very much an analog of the 78 version. Um, Mm -hmm. they just made some minor tweaks to it to either be more faithful to the book or to make it more modern. That part don't know since I haven't read the book. Well, you, yeah. Why would you not make several adrenaline shots? Why would you only make one? Well, I was initially going to say because he only had a few things of adrenaline, but there was a lot of adrenaline sitting on that shelf. Yeah. Death? There was stuff left just just in the vial alone. I give the kid credit for being able to jack his mom in the chest with that needle. I'd jack her chest. Yeah. Is that what we're they, doing? That kid's going to need all kinds of therapy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what about the little best friend just staring at her? Yeah. Would, How about when she when she threw him across the room? I was like, "Yes, <laughs> you are so about abusing Asian children, <laughs> just children in general." It's like, I mean, children get a pass in movies too much. I want to see some kids getting their asses kicked. <laughs> I was really wanting the part when they showed at the end when she's like, "He's like now living with them," and she like kisses him goodbye for school. I wanted them to have a big swollen head from her <laughs> big bruise, <laughs> just a giant contusion on the back of his head. I just don't know what happened. You fell down the stairs, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and what sound did he make? What sound um, did he make? Wong. Right? 
No, he. I, I have a feeling I know what he was going for there. Yeah, somebody made the joke. I heard it, but anyway. Oh. What are you doing? You have to explain yourself. Nope. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. Have and just a question: Have any of us read the book? No. No. Well, all right then. Yeah, great, great land questioning there. I, I was, was I was hoping at least one of you assholes would have read something. Somebody called Josh. He probably read it. <laughs> Josh, did you read this book? Yeah, I read it. Good book. I liked it. All <laughs> Why right. Does he sound like a muppet. <laughs> because he he's in uh, he's in London, so it's a bad connection. Oh, I thought that just turned you into a muppet. <laughs> no, being in London does not turn you into a muppet. I thought that's what you're going for. That's what I was hearing. I mean, I would like to be a Muppet, but no. Is that what happens if you're in Sweden? You sound like the chef from the Muppets? <laughs> I think I have an idea for our uh, April Fool's Day episode this year. You're going to need to edit that out? Probably. <laughs> I may have tipped my hand. He's But anyway, back to Invasion. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to start that. <laughs> so anyway, the invasion. <laughs> you know, I was a little disappointed there was no dog in this. The dog seemed like... Oh, where's your little doggy? <laughs> I'm sorry. Really... <laughs> was the dog in the '80s version? Yeah, '78 version. Was it? No, no, no. The '80s version. It was like a 1989 version, wasn't there? No, '94. '94 version. Was there a dog in the '94 version? I don't know. All I know is Gabrielle Moore was naked. Bro. Yep. That's all I know about it. I haven't actually seen it. Me either. Nope. Didn't see it. Now you will. You put the chicken in the basket. But anyway, I kept expecting the dog to show up. And it was kind of a bummer. I'm putting my paintbrush down before the Swedish chef makes me fuck something. (laughs) (laughs) And there were also no pods, per se. I did like that, though. I like the fact that that was almost like a virus. Yeah. Like, uh, transmitted exactly like a virus, and only activated when you slept. I thought it was an interesting twist mm-hmm. on the uh, mythos. Yeah. And the guy that was in bed that then was crawling on the floor, that was creepy. Oh, yeah, the Russian dude. That scene was creepy. Yeah. When when he went crawling off down the hallway, I was like, what? I literally like said out loud, I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> just the way he crawled off was just really creepy, like on his elbows and knees and just so fast. And, uh. Like the spider walk in the exorcist. Ain't ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Yeah. (laughs) He made time. No, I time to die. But the I I do kind of I do kind of agree with you with the explanation on it was kind of a cop out. Oh now all these people that everything they did it was all just kind of a dream state. Except for the people that we shot, they're gonna stay dead. Right, I kept wondering about that because there were no repercussions to all the people that were murdered. Yeah, what happens if like somebody unearths some video footage from like a security camera, somebody killing people? 
after it's all said and done, somebody tries to prosecute said person. I don't. Uh, I think it's all forgiven. Like a, <laughs> Is like a grandfather I, clause? I think it's it's written in the Constitution. If alien DNA comes in and makes people kill each other, it's it's free for all. True that. In there, he knows what he's talking about. It's like the purge, but with aliens. <laughs> he's like studied and shit. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, perhaps you'd like to go toe to toe on bird law. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> so here's a question: Who enjoyed this movie? I did. I will. I, will, I do not hesitate to admit it. I think I, it is definitely not deserving of a 19% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, well, I would say maybe 60%. It was good enough to be enjoyable, not so bad that I uh, regret watching it or hated watching it or anything. I've seen it now twice. Right. As far as you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I I had a good time with this one. It was, I think if, uh, here, here's the thing though. I think if I had watched the 1978 version first, I would have liked it less. Does that make sense? Which is what I did. You always watch things out of order. Yeah. Oh, you watched the invasion before the 78 version? Mm-hmm. Oh, because- I watched 78 version first. Because I had seen the oh, well, seventy. Oh, saying he watched it in the other direction. Yeah, I, I watched the Joel invasion. Joel does watch him in opposite. Yeah, okay. I watched the invasion yeah, you, first. You do it, but half the time you do it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. Eat you, a dick. You. <laughs> then what? <laughs> Eat a second one. <laughs> AKA Friday night. <laughs> Tomorrow is going to be dick night. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree with Pat. I, I enjoyed it uh, outside of the ending. I don't think it deserved the rating that it did, and I wondered what it would have been like if they hadn't done the reshoots. But I, mean, uh, I, I don't hate the ending. I mean, I could. I, I don't think it was necessarily a cop out. I mean, obviously, it would have been a, a you know a more uh, true ending to stick with the <clears throat> you know the aliens win. But I mean. You can't necessarily expect you're gonna in in the you know in the years you know in the 21st century that you're gonna make a shit ton of money ending with the death of humanity. You, you know you can't do that with a blockbuster movie. It sucks that you can't, but I mean. But it wasn't though because the rest of the world quarantined themselves and realized that yeah we're not stupid. Only America was the one that was like we're gonna vaccinate. Well, that's because the no, they, uh, yeah that that was the plot to cover up the fact that they were injecting people with the. the virus exactly but the rest of the world caught on and was like nope so it would have only been america that was destroyed yeah but then we would have like nuked the shit out of everybody else <laughs> that's very possible I mean, like america america fuck yeah <laughs> what about you will what'd you think i liked it it was nowhere near as good as the original it i don't know it it wasn't the worst movie i've ever seen in my life it's not the best <laughs> The chase scene with all the people hanging on the car was pretty cool. Yeah, I do I like that part when they slid into the cars and the three people got thrown through the window. That was yeah, cool. that was cool. That was a well done stunt. Yeah, that yeah. was good stuff. Then, do we have the rare eight thumbs up? I think we might. The yeah. rare. <laughs> I liked them both. I really did. I mean, the I think the the only way that you can I don't want to say the only way, but 
liking the invasion, you kind of have to take it separately from the 1978 version. You can't be like, okay, this is a remake of a remake of a remake. You have to say this is a retelling of a story with the same theme. It's definitely a retelling. Yeah. I enjoyed I it. That. I enjoyed it. Holy crap. We may have an eight thumbs up. Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> so we'll close this out. 1978. How many of us have a thumbs up on 1978? I am definitely thumbs up. Definitely. Yep. Absolutely. Thumbs up. I love me some Afro. <laughs> and the movie. Right. Even though that is not how a health inspector works, I will tell you guys that. <laughs> I know, right? How about, what is that? You, that is a caper. Yeah, you can't a, pick out a rat turd out of a pot of stew and just be like, yeah, that is a rat turd. Because first of all, rats don't climb into the stew and take poops. Right. And oh, second oh, of yeah. all, I, th- I think the <laughs> whole thing of him going, what is this? It is a it is a caper. Well, then eat it. Right. <laughs> like, no health inspector I've ever dealt with has ever said that to me. Well, if it was a caper, shouldn't they have got, like, Inspector Clouseau instead of a health inspector? Ah. <laughs> ah. there. Thank you. Will, and the rats I, don't hang over. They poop in the pot before they start cooking. That Will, I like you, and you can have Joel's spot next week. Ah. <laughs> don't 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 tell him that because he'll take it because he once he finds out what we're doing next week. I already know. Does he? He read the notes apparently. Oh yeah. fuck! I don't even know. All right. What are we doing next week, Joel? We are doing the Monster Squad. Wolfman's got Nards versus Stranger <laughs> Things season two. Oh yeah, we may have been a little premature on that uh, remake. Thumbs up all around. Yes. 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 Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yay! We're doing Stranger Things too. Monster Squad. Another another movie that has a, a song that tells the the entire plot of the movie, which it's one of Will's favorite movies of all time. What? You know, I've, never, I've never seen it. What? Yep. Okay, Josh, if you're listening, you've been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. All right, so. If you want to find us, I know Josh isn't here, man. Josh is like the the he's like the um the wrap up guy, not the wrap up guy. What is it when you have uh, AIDS, cancer, <laughs> I was and gonna, Margaret, and Canfield? I was gonna say den mother. He's like the den mother of our show. <laughs> he's the he's the cat wrangler. Yeah, he's like, all right, you assholes, let's all keep on track right here so if you're looking for our older stuff itunes blueberry stitcher talk shoe podverse fm noon fm.com all over 708 now wrap that is 708-669-9727 call us and let us know if you would like us to replace joel with will (laughs) and next week monster squad versus stranger things season two we just wanted an excuse to watch stranger things yep I'm tired of this. Done with him. Get out.